The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey ho! Welcome in to the TFA Dino Show. Man, Tom, it feels good to be back. We had another brief hiatus. Robbie jumped on a little batch party. Needed a, an extra week to recover, but I'm here uh, with you. I'm pumped up for this. And we also have the one and only four-time, 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 four-time track and field All-American. Yeah, I did a little scouting. Yeah, I did a little research. Yeah, we got Angelo on the show. You guys all know him. He is a sports performance coach, but you better known to us here in the Dynasty and Fantasy community as just this elite college football evaluator. Hey, Angelo, we are pumped to have you on. How are you doing tonight? Man, I'm doing great. You know, it's 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 finally stopped snowing in Chicago. So, I mean, it's <laughs> you know, it's one of those where it's it's like 25 degrees and we're in shorts. So it's it's a, it's definitely been an interesting time. But I appreciate you guys having me on, man. I'm excited to get going. Yes, sir. So, yeah, I like how you talk about uh, the snow because, you know, for that batch party, I got the heck out of the snow, went to Phoenix, Arizona, got some golf in, you know, got some beer Olympics. So it was a fantastic time. And, and, and poor Tom up there is, is just freezing his butt off in the Northeast. Tom, you doing OK? Let me let me hear from you. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing good. I had to send you like 300 bucks for your bail with your Cotton Eye Joe dances <laughs> at bars and shit like that. But I mean, other than that, that's fine. You said you'll pay me back after the wedding with the wedding money. I'm just excited to talk uh, some wide receivers, rookie wide receivers. That's what we're going to do this week. And uh, yeah, let's throw some hands. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, uh, Tom kind of previewed it. We are talking 2021 wide receiver prospects. I, I always want to call them rookies, but they are not rookies quite yet. we got to wait for them to uh, get drafted into the NFL. So we're talking prospects with none other than Angelo. And, you know, Angelo, it's a funny story because Tom says, hey, I got Angelo to come on. He's going to talk wide receivers with us. I was like, that's great. I just listened to him on FF Dynasty. I've heard him on, you know, happy hour the year before. Great. I'm so pumped up, followed some of his stuff. And then I go to Twitter. Guess who I'm not following? Guess what? just sin I've created in the <laughs> dynasty world, not even following a- Angelo underscore fantasy. So I quickly rectified the sin. Uh, we're back in good graces. So uh, embarrassed, but uh, that has all been rectified. All good, man. 
So, man, let's uh, let's kind of jump in quickly with cool. a question of the week because we, you know, Angel, we like to kind of mix it up. It's a lot of football, but we like to kind of remove ourselves right away and just talk something fun. Sure. And the question I came up with for this week is, kind of, what was your go-to non-sports, you know, video game as a teenager? What was what had you oh, playing multiple hours? You should have been studying for calculus. What were you uh, uh, doing back in the day? Oh man, it's funny you said that because I, I was just talking to my my best friend on the way home from work, and man, League of Legends. I mm. played a lot of League of Legends. I named my dog after my favorite League of Legends character, Poppy. No joke. Okay. My wife found out about it after the fact, and then she was she was not a happy camper about that. But she liked <laughs> the name at least. You know, Poppy's a solid name. But man, I mean, I played League of Legends. I think it was God the summer like of my freshman or freshman year of college at least like eight hours a day. Like so, what? How how old are, how old are you, Angela? Twenty eight. Oh Jesus. Twenty eight. All right. So our teen years are are going to be vastly a little bit different, different probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tom was yeah, playing uh, the yeah. Sega. Tom, were you playing <laughs> yeah. the Sega? No, you, and you yeah. son of a bitch. I played Sega and Sonic, the original I Sonic. Uh, <laughs> I remember when my dad came home. With the with the Nintendo, not Super Nintendo, the Nintendo, and we played some Mario and stuff. You had to blow in the uh, um, cartridges. Oh yeah, man. yeah, and then you stomp them around and everything. It's really you know funny. it says you know it says on the back of the cartridge, "Do not blow in cartridge." Yep. Right, but guess what? It worked. It, it always worked, worked. Roberto. Oh, um, so yeah, I'm 38. I'll be 39 uh, next week, I think. Yeah, you know, so I'm right, getting up there. I'm almost 40. So I was at like the, you know, the very beginning of like the rage, you know, after Pong, obviously, I'm not that old, Robbie, <laughs> don't even say it, bastard. Um, but like when I was a teenager, I had to go back and, and actually look because I, I played a lot of sports games. I'm like, okay, what did I play? I played Call of Duty, but that was, you know, like 2007-ish or something, and I was well past being a teenager. So yeah. I was like Mario Kart a little bit, um, but you know what? Uh, Grand Theft Auto 3. Okay. Yeah. So Grand Theft Auto 3. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you go back in the day and you think about Grand Theft Auto 3 and Vice City and San Andreas, they like revolutionized like the 3D gaming, like, uh, you know, systems and stuff and games, how games were played. So, yeah, you know what? I'll be the godfather in in, in this group here. And, you know, I'm going to go GTA 3. Okay. I like it. That's solid. Yeah, it's funny you bring up uh, Grand Theft Auto because Vice City, I think, would be the answer that I didn't even think of. That was kind of earlier years, maybe a little middle school when I probably shouldn't have been playing, uh, nah. you know, games like that. And then it, it was Call of Duty Four for me. So, Angela, you and I are actually really close. I'm turning 28 tomorrow. Nice. So, uh, Happy yeah, birthday, we're, man, I love it. We're right there, Tom. You and I are right there. I thought I was catching you there for a bit in the age, and you're just gonna. Yeah. You know, so, every year it changes. It beats the alternative. So when you start catching up to me, that means I'm in the ground. <laughs> and uh, let's not do that. No, we should not. Uh, but I know I know you uh, said it before we started recording, you're ready to throw some hands because I know you've got some interesting takes on these 2021 prospects. And we know Angelo's got a lot of stuff. Um, Angelo, just, just kind of right off the bat, kind of give us your overall you know thoughts and process with your scouting. I know you have... Um, a lot of stuff over at Angelo Analysis. You know, you have the Ascension grading system um, that, that you rock over there. Maybe for people who aren't quite as familiar with that and, and just your overall process, kind of break down you know, how you're looking at these wide receivers for this class. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, for, for me, first and foremost, I mean, I work in sport and human performance. Uh, like we talked about a little bit before the show and, and during the beginning, 
Um, but yeah, a lot of my work comes from me and my experience in my career field and, and, and working with athletes and practitioners and, and learning how the human body moves in, their, in certain situations and, and how to kind of become a problem solver. Because that's what these guys are in the field of play, right? These guys are solving problems, moving chess pieces, you know, at, at 18 plus miles an hour sometimes. So that's the unique part about football as a game is it's all moving pieces and you have to make decisions that alter a game potentially. Uh, so for me, I always try to slow things down. I'm a very visual learner. So I'll always go back to video and I have my little you know video software and I'll, I'll slow it down and speed it up and, and kind of pick out like unique moments of a game. Like you probably saw like in the rookie profiles um, that like aren't like highlights, if that makes sense. Like just little elements of, you know, Devonta Smith's game or Najee Harris or Travis Etienne that makes them who they are as a player. And that's a lot of people I think uh, tend to overlook is like NFL teams want these guys for what they do very well. And if those traits are nearly too elite, then you get a potentially special player like last year with Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor was a sub 10, 500 meter guy and he's almost 230 pounds. Now that in terms of athleticism is the 1% of the 1%, right? You, you never right. see that. And that's the type of stuff that I look at. Um, we're talking about receivers, you know, a lot of it when I grade, especially the film stuff, that's, that's what we'll talk about a lot today. Um, obviously with the analytics side of it, you know, obviously BMI, age adjusted, like experience adjusted production, dominator rating, that type of stuff. But for film, it's for me, man, first and foremost is how do they, you know, how do they release? How do they separate? Um, what kind of variation do they have in their toolbox of releases? How quickly can they separate and, you know, impress man and, you know, how well do they kind of fit in zones and how well they transition kind of through breaks, if that makes sense. Um, and then obviously your physical traits, um, you know, top end speed, acceleration capabilities, um, and how physical they are at the point of attack as well. Yeah. And one of the cool things, if you go over to Angelo's site, uh, is he'll have little examples, exactly like you said, where you actually have a film clip. So uh, if you click on any player, like if you clip on, click on like Cam Akers from last year, um, I saw you added analysis for after he got drafted as well, uh, which is really cool too, because we do all this scouting. And one of the most important things is landing spots for some of these yeah. guys. Some guys can actually transcend that. And no matter where they go, they're going to be successful. But there's a lot of guys, if they go to the wrong scheme, they're just going to fall flat. So exactly. um, I, I love what you do with all this stuff, um, and I'm excited to get into it with you. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so the, I think that's a, a really good setting the stage, if you will, of kind of your process. And and I think now we can dive right into some of these uh, tiers or, or rankings. I don't know exactly how you go about it. If you do straight rankings, if you kind of tear them out, but maybe to, to – break out this very large and very exciting class because there are so many prospects that we're excited about. Let's just start kind of with your top handful of guys or your tier one guys yeah. and, and maybe just talk a little bit about them. I know Tom's got some questions, but who's in that that first tier for you? Yeah, I actually don't have a tier one. I know Tom and I talked about that a little bit. So uh, my first tier in AGS and the Ascension grading system, that's like your gold jacket caliber guys, mm -hmm. right? That is, that is your Julio Jones level prospects. Um, I didn't, you know, when I evaluated the film and plugging the numbers, you know, analytically, there was no gold jacket guy in this class. And that's so, okay. It might not be. Have you, how, how many gold jacket guys have you graded out so far? Like within how long, like that so you've actually three been doing years. This. So I've been doing yeah. this for three years at this rate, I should say. And I've had 
one. I think at the running back position, I've had one at the receiver position. I think it's still one. Or actually, no, I don't think it's any. It's zero at the receiver position. One at the running, and it was only Jonathan Taylor. Only one the last three years that I've had. And so, like for me, like I want to make a grading system that you could actually like feel like where are these guys like where are these guys stealing like where where are they at really you know like for me Jonathan Taylor is a gold jacket caliber guy like I thought CD Lamb was really highly ranked he's at the edge of all like the all pro tier versus the gold like the gold jacket tier um there's a lot of guys who are pretty highly ranked um the receiver ranks are gonna come like like Tom you and I talked about um on Saturday I'll be dropping those on the website but yeah I didn't have any um, gold jacket guys in this class, but I had two all pros guys with two all pro ceilings. And I had two guys, Jamar chase and Devonta Smith, no surprise. And that was really it. And then after that, um, we got into tier three, three, four, five, six, and seven. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I kind of like that, honestly, because I think you see a lot of these uh, people and, and listening to you, I know you, you don't always try and go right for comps and things like that, but we're always trying to tell who's the next Tyree kill. Who's the next Julio Jones. Oh, no, who's no. this, who's that. And, and if you look at the, the landscape of, of wide receivers that come in, in any class, you're probably not going to have any most classes. You might have one, maybe, but but you're not going to have that that Hall of Famer gold jacket type of player every single time. We always want to find that player. You know, before we hit record, we were talking about that 2019 class, and just because there's a new wave of, uh, wave of rookies, you want to pull out somebody and say this is this is going to be that guy. And sometimes these classes are a little lighter. I think this class is very. Uh, deep and, and has a lot of good players. And I think that's what you're hitting on, but it's, it's kind of cool to see that you're not just, Oh, you know, Jamar chase, he can do it all. That 2019 season was unbelievable. He's going to be a gold jack guy. No, you have a criteria where no, it, it takes a lot to impress. Right. Angel, right? So I, I do appreciate that. Yeah, man. Tom, what do you got? Uh, you want to roll right in chase? Yeah, let's do yeah, it. All man. right. All right, let's get into the actual players, which I'm excited about. Cool. Uh, yeah, we are it. going to we're going to roll with your tier one guys first. Um, tier two, so we'll tier with, two, sir. I'm sorry, tier no two, tier two. So right. yeah, sorry, the not quite Hall of Fame players, but really, <laughs> not quite, really good, yeah, but not quite Hall really of Fame. good freaking players. You know what I mean? <laughs> these are phenomenal. Yeah, these are phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so Jamar Chase. When I watch Jamar Chase, the one thing that concerns me more than anything is his lack of it, it's it's his release off the line. He doesn't seem to get a ton of separation. Now, when the ball's in the air, that's a different story because that seems to be when he just you know gets away and it's two two three yards away um, sometimes. So, does that concern you a little bit as far as like his release, where he's going to be going up against a more physical, experienced, athletic corners? I know we saw how he dominated. Diggs and uh, I'm missing the other the kid from Clemson, uh, Terrell. Is your Terrell, was it? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah in, in big games, but he had some other problems in, in different games with, with physical corners. So does that release with physical physical corners concern you at all? That's a good question. I mean, for me, I, it's not a concern, but it's definitely something you have, you have to look at and think, okay, this is going to be an area where, area where he's going to have to broaden his toolbox a bit, right? And for me – it might take him a little bit to transition to the NFL level. I mean, that's okay. Right? I mean, he's a, you know, last time he played, he was 19 years old. Yeah. Um, he has a gap year, obviously, because of COVID. So he's going to be coming in the NFL with not a ton of experience at the position. And that's okay. We like Jamar Chase because of the raw physical tools and the physicality 
um, the ability to go up and get it I mean, and winning contested catch situations. I mean, that's who he is. He's a physical dude, right? I mean, for me, when I watch a guy like Chase, I'm always enamored by the way he plays the game. And that's, I think, the, the biggest part of the first two guys, um, Chase and Smith, completely opposite ways of playing the game. But they both play the game with their distinct style and it works for them. They're going to build upon that and make it work at the NFL level. I mean, I'm to answer your question a little more fully, I'm not as like concerned, but you you can see it on you know on the field of play. He's not a Stefan Diggs, right? You know, yeah. he's not a you know Chad Ochocinco. Like that's not who he is, right? He's going to win very much like Larry Fitzgerald won in his prime. That is how Jamar yeah. Chase is going to win on a down to down basis, and it doesn't really matter how he wins. It's just that he does win. And there's a thousand different archetypes of receiver. Your AJ Browns, your DK Metcalfs, you know, then you have your Tyler Lockett's, you know, T.Y. Hilton. So you have a thousand different types of receivers, man. And but I mean, for me, watching him play, it's he's very much like a Larry Fitzgerald type prospect where he's gonna win, you know, with his hands a lot. I mean, he's gonna win with his hands at line of scrimmage. Um, but once his hands and feet kind of get married a little bit, then then it's going to start to get special for him. Yeah, and like you said, we haven't seen him in a year. So he's had yeah. a year to basically go back, look at everything that he doesn't do at you know an exemplary level and work on it. And right. it's not like he hasn't had coaching and, and all that other stuff. He's been working his ass off. You can see that. Right. Um, so I'm excited to see what he's going to look like at that next level. Yeah, I am too, for sure. I'm about to send him uh, Angelo's tearing and say, hey, you want to get to tier one, man. Here's what you got to start doing. <laughs> that's all the motivation he's going to need. That's funny, man. No, yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure. Yeah, it's, so it's funny. So you brought up something with contested catches. And yeah. whenever I hear about contested catches, the first thing I think of is dude can't get separation. Like, um, <laughs> And that's not necessarily Jamar Chase. That's not sure, what sure, I'm sure. saying. But it's like I remember everybody said that about Laquan Treadwell. They said that about J.J. Oh, man. So it's like, Damn. yo, if he's really good at contested catches and you're watching his film and he's just dogging people on every single play, you have to think about why he's always next to somebody. Right. Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a really good point. I mean, when I watch, so like the guys, like a T. Higgins, for example, kind of in that same vein, I was really low on T. Higgins coming So out. was I. Because you got he, the T. Higgins stand. Because he, yeah, because he's he didn't he doesn't accelerate well at all, right? At all. Like, right. Probably one of the worst zero to tens in combine history at the position, right? Awful. But it doesn't matter, right? Because a guy like him learning how to win at the line of scrimmage, learning how to be consistent there and own the line of scrimmage, that is what he does well now. He didn't do it as well at, at Clemson, but now, you know, his rookie year in Cincinnati, he really started to figure that out. And that's, a, that's what a lot is with, with bigger types of receivers like Brandon Marshalls, like those, those type where they have to learn how to do that, work with their eyes and their feet, and then get into routes, and then use their use their frame and their size uh, to their advantage. And that's, I mean, obviously Chase is you know, six feet, about two hundred eight pounds, so he's he's not a Brandon Marshall, but he plays he's a, like he's six he's a, two, six he, three. He, yeah, I was gonna mm-hmm. say he plays like he's six two, two twenty five. Man, I mean, he plays like he's Lavisca Chanel. Like he's a he plays like a big boy, and I like that about him. I mean, but he just. He's very raw and very young, and we have to understand that it's going to take – if you take him in a rookie draft, it might take him a little while to 
to kind of unravel. I mean, he's going to be a guy that that takes a little bit of coaching and learning the art of the position. Because right now he's just he's just playing bully ball sometimes, man. He he's mm-hmm. just you know he's winning with strength and physicality and his his God given gifts in in the air and it, it's it's spectacular to see. But once he learns the nuance of the position and, and becomes a true pro, that I think it's going to be special for him. Yeah, I, I think this this conversation about size is really good because it, it kind of leads into what I think a lot of people have as questions for, you know, Devonta uh, Smith coming in, you know, as the other person in your your tier two here. How do you – we're talking about two completely different players that win in different ways. I mean, you just talked about how there's so many different ways to win. And we just did uh, – we're in the middle of a rookie super flex mock right now, and I was the 111. And Devonta Smith fell all the way down to the 111. And I, him up. And I think it's because people are worried about that size. Talk to us about if they should be or if that's overblown. L- let me hear your thoughts there. It, it's it's funny, man, because uh, uh, he's probably my most talked about player because of how good he really is. I don't think he's appreciated enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine this. We are in 2021. We've had guys like Julio Jones, DK Metcalf, Calvin Johnson dominate college football. We're talking about a guy who's 6'1", who plays about 170 pounds soaking wet, dominating the nation's best corners on a week-in, week-out basis. How is yep. that how is that possible, right? I mean, if you like if you would have told me in 2021, this is not the 1960s. Like this is too like we are in an era when, you know, sports science is so advanced and there's so many guys who, you know, look like DK Metcalf now who are yeah. just larger than life human beings and this guy who weighs as much as I did in high school is You just want to get him a you want to get him a burger. And it's, it's it's yeah it's it's funny. This because, dude must be hungry. It, it's funny because if you if you watch him play, he is probably the smartest player I've ever evaluated at the position coming out of college. Just from the way he blocks, that's a really big one too. Is there's a play? God, I forget what game it is, but Jalen Waddle is going down the field and he just throws his he just gets in the defender's way, throws his body in there, does throws his hands up. And it's just things like that. And then it's the nuances in the route and it's the ability to stack the corner and then just absolutely, you know, obliterate them with his top shelf accelerative qualities. I mean, that's the thing that people don't understand too about Devonta Smith is he was a legitimate track and field athlete. I mean, he was a 10, six, 400 meter guy for reference. Oh, 10, six, seven. Sorry. Jalen model ran 1084 in the hundred. So Devonta Smith is, Fast, like fast, fast. So we got to respect that too. But am I concerned about the size? No. And the biggest reason why is he got to work with Dr. Matthew Rea, okay, at the University of Alabama. He's one of the most well-renowned sports scientists in North America. He didn't put on an ounce of weight. Why? He just firmed up. Didn't need to. Yeah. The, 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 The guy who knows probably the most about what you need as a football player is telling you, you do not need to do something. You probably don't need to do it. And so people saying his size, his weight, his frame. I'm like, man, there are guys who are much smarter than anyone talking about this, who are telling him, no, you don't need to do that. 
And, and why, why would you? And so that's what I, like, if you're, if you're doing that, and the thing is the, the movement qualities that he has are partially due to his weight and frame. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you can't move like fat. Don't fly my friend. I mean, you can't move <laughs> the way he does. You add 20 pounds. It's not how it works. Right. Yeah. Stefan Diggs no. plays at 170 pounds. Antonio Brown played it right around 172 to 175. Okay. People, these guys playing weights are not what their listed weights are too. That's something to understand as well. But I mean, if math, if Dr. Matthew Rea is like, no, Devonta Smith is just fine at playing at 169. Why should I care? He's the guy, he's the guy getting paid the big bucks to make these decisions. And I'll tell you what, he's the one guy that I listen to in the college sport performance and sports science space that I vehemently can say that man knows what he's talking about and understands human movement better than probably anyone at the collegiate level in college football. Yeah, and you brought him up for Najee Harris as well, like I unlocking did. all his potential. I and did. when I saw that, I was like, Shh, I, didn't, I don't even think about this stuff. Yeah. Damn it, Angelo. Come on. That's like next level stuff right there. So I didn't even, I was amazed. No, but I when, I, when I look at Devonta, he plays a lot more physical than you think, yeah, you know, his size, weight yeah. is too. Like he's lowering his shoulder and getting extra yards at the end of catches. So it's not like he's just going down. Like I love Deshaun Jackson, but he would get hit and say, boop, dead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you worried, you worried about him. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it's just like, it, he's probably the most fun watch in this class at the position. Him and his teammate, Jalen Waddle. Um, I mean, Devonta Smith, I mean, there's there's no one more graceful and more fluid at the position in all he's like of, a damn gazelle and, and mm-hmm. that's the thing is he it's it's funny because i was talking to someone about this like all right man like jalen waddle is so much faster than devon smith like no he's not like it just they their stride cadence their stride cadence their frequency that stuff looks night and day Right, right. Devonta Smith. If you watch the play against man, it was against Borland, poor Borland, the slot against Devonta Smith, and in, in the game against Ohio State, um, just got cooked. And you saw Borland like strain and just grunt and trying to stay with him down the field. And it looks like Devonta Smith's out for an evening jog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, no, it's it's funny. He's just he's such awesome. a long strider. Yeah, hey, so when I was I, now, you you know, we're going to talk about Jalen Waddle coming up here. But between Jalen Waddle and Alabama, I probably watched like in like three days, like 14 hours oh, worth of, and it was fun too. It was like, it wasn't like I was getting bored or anything. It was just like, <gasps> Ooh, geez. But I, I'm watching him and Devonta Smith. I'm seeing like shades of Marvin Harrison here and there, but you know what? It's like, I was watching Keenan Allen and Tyreek slash Deshaun play on the same team. Cause that's what it looked like. It, it was, it was awesome. Devonta is such a good route runner. He wins in a, a completely different way than Jalen Waddle. Yeah, no, it's and it's they, crazy. Yeah, crazy. yeah. I think that's a a great transition into that next tier of guys. You know, you you touched on Waddle briefly, and we'll we'll hit on him. But I think the other guys you have are Tylen Wallace, uh, Rondell Moore, and Terrace Marshall. Is that correct? Those those four make up your next tier. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that, that's correct. That's tier three. That's um like the, the Pro Bowl, the Pro Bowl caliber. Those those upside type guys. Okay, so I I think we got to keep with that Alabama, you know, wide receiver duo and, and talk a little Jalen Waddle. You know, obviously didn't have the year we wanted to see him have with the injury. Mm-hmm. You know, what what are your thoughts kind of with him? 
in, in comparison to the rest of these guys in the class? I, I know it's a tier, so there could be movement in him. Sure. But you know, how does how does he win, and how do you how do you separate him out as, as someone who can be productive for these dynasty teams going forward? Sure. So I mean, f- for me, I'm a Bears fan, right? I grew up a Bears fan. Grew up in grew up in Chicago land area. He's the closest thing I've seen to Devin Hester since Devin Hester. And that is who he is as an athlete. I think he's a way more advanced receiver than Hester ever was. But for me, it's just, golly, man, you watch that dude play. And his play speed's off the charts. I mean, he, he, he's gonna, he plays way faster than he timed, only, only a 10-8-4 guy. That's when you know you're faster, you're only a 10-8-4 guy. Um, but he wins on the third level mostly. I mean, they, they schemed him touches. Uh, they manufactured a ton of touches for him. He's not winning – um, in route against DBs and, and, you know, working on timing throws with, with Mac Jones, like back shoulders, that type of stuff, or, or over the middles, like dig routes, things like that. He's not running those, right? He, he is going to be a third level receiver at the next level, in my opinion. Um, but he's also me manufactured touches. And that, that's the thing with him is, is he a number one target? No, I don't think so. But I think he is, probably the most important piece of an offense if that makes sense and so yeah go ahead to to that point and you can continue in a second so the eagles when they won the super bowl the one thing that they were missing that year or the year before was someone to stretch the field right and as soon as they got tory smith it unlocked the rest of the offense so waddle may be more valuable than anybody and not have the those statistics because as soon as we lost that deep threat all the underneath stuff it was you can you know you just have your defense play up it doesn't matter and then you're good to go sorry go ahead no 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 that, that's exactly it i think it's you know the you know the level of importance that he brings to the table and on special teams no one is talking about special teams oh, yeah. in a while why and he's so, he's the best power returner since the best power returner of all time and he, <laughs> he's i mean man i mean he is going to be an all pro power returner like mark my words yeah. i would I would bet a million dollars if I had it that he's going to be an all pro punt returner. And that's, I mean, he is the most dynamic, smart, intuitive punt returner that we have seen the combination since Hester. And that's what really excites me about him, what he does with the ball in his hands, but he's going to need an innovative offensive coordinator. I mean, man, crying out loud, like Devin Hester didn't touch the ball offensively till his what third mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, this guy is the best in the open field in the history of the league. And you're telling me it takes you to the third season to get the ball in his hands? Like he's yeah. going to need – Waddle's going to need um, an innovative offensive coordinator that's going to be patient with him and let him develop um, as a receiver. Um, I think he can. And I think it takes – but it takes a certain type of coach to do that, similar to how Andy Reid helped develop Tyree Kill. I mean, Ty- Tyree Kill was a running back coming out of college. You know, he, he mm-hmm. wasn't a receiver. And, you know, Andrew was patient with him and, and slowly but surely, I mean, he's one of the best receivers in the NFL and he's on trajectory, one of the best of all time. So, yeah, it's just crazy to watch Waddle, man. Dude, dude's, dude's fun to watch, but he's a guy. I'll answer your question too, Robbie, about Dynasty. He, it's just the volatility is going to be there too, right? The upside is there, but but the floor is also pretty apparent um, and the volatility that brings along with it. So, I mean, for me, he's like a, like a Deshaun Jackson as a fantasy option, Deshaun Jackson does peak, man. Deshaun Jackson can get you 35 points. He can get you six for 202, mm-hmm. or he can get you one for 22 and zero. 
So that yeah. that's what you gotta that's what you gotta think. I mean, then you have on the other side of the ball with Devonta Smith, a guy who moves around a ton. They're manufacturing touches for him left and right. He's getting open on you know the best cornerback on the other team and moving the slot. He's he's getting the ball in a multitude of different ways. Jalen Waddle isn't that as a route runner and you know as a savant like receiver, but he's talented. Like and he has a super high ceiling. So I'm interested to see where he goes and what they can do with him. So I just uh, we just dropped a Jalen Waddle video today because you know I had to I obviously had to, had to stick had up to, for Jalen Waddle. Had to. So, yeah, so those first four games that they both played, Jalen Waddle twenty three point five percent target share. <laughs> Devonta Smith had a thirty eight point two percent target share yeah. in those four games. Right for the season, he had thirty four points. I couldn't believe that he had more targets thrown to him when Waddle was playing. And then I'm thinking about it. I'm like, well, yeah, I get it. So I do all that stuff. And it's like, oh, wait, Waddle had 71 more yards at that yeah. time. Oh, yeah. So that, that shows you how explosive he is. And he he plays at like a 4-3 speed when he's actually playing. Oh, he, he can play he, going – yeah. He's one of the best Felix Sellers I've ever seen. I mean, he's unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievably gifted during early acceleration. I've, I haven't seen – there's very few players who can match him on the field with, with in yeah. that quality. I mean, it's unbelievable. So it's funny you brought up Deshaun. So we're on the same page. I just think he might develop a little bit quicker than you. Yeah. And, you know, it's going to come down to the landing spot. 100%. Um, I, before you said the Deshaun thing, I, I actually said, I think early on it's going to be more of a Deshaun Jackson type impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the upside for me is Tyreek if he goes to the right spot. Yeah. Now, again, it's, 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 it's Tyreek. We haven't really seen anybody no. like him. He's he's just a different animal. But Waddle's got that upside. And we've heard Tyreek comps to other people before. And I just shake my head like, nah, dude. And this is the first one where I actually see shades of it. So that's why I'm really excited about it. And I was like the original like Tyreek. I saw Tyreek play, and I'm <laughs> like, Yo, that, that's, funny. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's like Antonio Brown stuff. Right. And people are looking at me after like year one, and they're like, what? And this is at Antonio at his peak. I'm like, I'm telling you, man, this kid is actually getting he he might be a Hall of Famer. And I did a pod long time ago and they just they just roasted me. And I'm just sitting there. And I think after year year three, and I'm just like, ah read the receipts. Read those receipts. I'll find them. I'll find them all. That's funny. So I know Tom could talk uh Jalen Waddle all night. It'd probably be the rest of the podcast, but I do want to keep us moving because we do have a ton of guys to get to. So sure. I think one that a lot of people are intrigued on, and I don't, I'm not sure if polarizing is the right word, but just kind of intrigued is Rondell Moore because we saw so much success from him so early. Then we have some injuries. And anybody who's in Debbie, you know, you've heard this name Rondell Moore for a couple of years. Those who aren't, you know, they're like, well, I haven't seen, who is this guy? We, he hasn't done anything for the last two years, you know, Give me some thoughts on and him. Some of the you know Tom has in his question, you know, durability issues. Whether that's a, a factor or not for you, what keeps him in this tier two for you, or tier three for you instead of up there in tier two? Man, I think it, it's really funny because we talk about um, you know Jalen Waddle and how he wins, and then Rondale Moore and how he wins, and it's there's two opposite ends of the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rondale Moore wins in the short to intermediate areas of the field. That's it, like literally it. Like he's not a downfield receiver. That's not him. Um, he's very much like um, a LaVisca Chenault Jr. in terms of deployment. And that's who he is. And that's not a bad thing whatsoever. He is 
as dynamic as they come with the ball in his hands of the position. I mean, he is an absolute mighty mouse, and he he's someone who's he's going to grow into a very good NFL player. I think he will be a slot receiver. Um, the Golden Tate, LaVisca Chenault type deployment will probably be what his ceiling is deployment-wise. I don't think he's going to be a three-level receiver in the NFL. Um, I think he is fast enough to get down the field, you know, I think, but it's me more so on like slot phase and things of that nature. I mean, I don't know about the injury stuff. I mean, you're, you're injured till you're not right. Injuries are a problem until they aren't. So I'm not really concerned about the injuries, which is like why last year I gobbled up all of LaVisca Chanel. I'm like, these are injuries that don't have a high rate of reoccurrence with Chanel with Rondell Moore, the hamstring injuries, this, that type of stuff. Does that scare me a little more? Yeah, sure. But I'm not worried about it. He's at Exos right now working with some of the best sport performance coaches in the nation. And if they're not concerned, then if he puts out a great pro day, that should truly tell you all you need to know about his availability in the near future. So I'm not doing the whole injury thing. If you give me Rondell Moore to discount, I'm taking him. But I'm not really concerned about the injuries. But I think he's going to be a guy that you know wins out in the first level of an offense. Of a defense. So a lot kind of like Percy Harvin. If he's used like Percy sure. Harvin. Sure. Usage wise, yeah. I think he's a very very similar in terms of usage and, and how he'll be deployed. Uh he's not gonna be a downfield receiver. That's his, that's not gonna be him, right? And that's not gonna be his value to an NFL offense. But they're gonna you know, an NFL team is gonna find ways to get in the ball. He's a first round talent. He's might not go in the first round, but if Green Bay was smart, if they let him fall, man, they're they're, they're gobbling him up. So Tyler Tyler Wallace, I think when you talk about down the field receiver, I think that's where you know he wins. And and some of his um, film that I've gone through, he also you know has a little bit uh, of an injury uh, history. They're not not. I think when you say injury history, it always kind of gives a ne- negative connotation, but has had an injury that maybe sure. hold, holds him back from being, you know, in this, this upper echelon tier. And, I, and kind of when we're talking here, it sounds like a lot of these guys are just on that that edge for you where, yeah. you know, if they, if they raise that floor a little bit, they do a little bit, they show a little bit more, uh, maybe these injuries don't happen. They're in this tier with Chase and, and Devonta f- um, for you. You know, talk a little bit about uh, Tylen here real quick and, yeah. and give your thoughts on him. Man, I mean, he, he's one of those receivers when you watch him, he just makes those catches that make you rewind over and over again because you don't know how he does it. I mean, the inner athleticism, the, the ability to contort and catch the ball at its highest point and go over defenders while only being six feet tall, like it, it's unreal. Like I remember I first watched Tylen Wallace, and I'm like a couple of years back, I'm like, this dude's got to be like 6'2". Six 6'2". Two. Six two. I thought the same thing. I'm like, this guy's got to be 6'2", 6'3". And I'm like – he lifted like it's six one five. I'm like, what? Like this guy's six feet tall, and you watch him play, and that's just that's the shining quality of Tyler Wallace. I think he's a he's a better route runner than given credit for. Uh, he's really good in contested catch situations too. Uh, he's not as athletically gifted as a guy like Chase is. I think Chase is a little more to him as an athlete than Tyler Wallace. Excuse me, but I think um, Tyler Wallace also has a you know, a ton to him and talk about the inner inner athleticism and the ability to, to track the ball on the field and contour to make these unbelievable catches. Uh, I think he's a timing receiver. I think he needs a timing quarterback and that's going to be the difference for him. Is he, is he going to get a timing quarterback? 
like an Aaron Rodgers, right? Like a, like a Drew Brees was those type of players where, you know, the back shoulder stuff, you know, just trusting them down the field where the ball is going to be in a good spot. That's what he's going to need. I think the upside is a moon for that guy. And I think, you know, the more he adds to his game and the more layers he adds, he's going to be a, he's going to be a dang good player. Yeah, he he's got some dog in him, man. Yeah, man. I, I think he Physical. he's gonna wind up being like one of the the best values in dynasty leagues. Hundred oh, like, percent. Because he's going in the second round. And okay, yeah. I'll take that all day. Yeah, yeah. He's going he's going in the mid 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 second round in some places. I mean, I, I think you know a lot of times you get some of these guys at discounts. It's funny because Jalen Waddle and Rondell Moore are going higher than they probably should, in my opinion. And Devonta Smith and Talon Wallace are going a lot lower. Because they have this narrative surrounding them that, that people are are talking about and kind of gobbling up that with Talon Wallace, man, the injury, the injury, the injury, like that's you know. But I'm not concerned watching him come back from the injury and play the same level he did previously. Um, and obviously, Devonta Smith, the size thing, it's like, man, if you if he falls me at 106, I'm taking him all day. Um, oh, yeah, but I, I'm seeing I'm seeing like Waddle fall to 11. You you in super flex leagues too. That's crazy. If you didn't gobble up a ton of second round picks or late first round picks, I feel sorry for you. You're gonna have some value in the early seconds of your draft oh, yeah. this year, like some big time values. There's guys, you know, even I talk to like, man, I'm, I don't want Rondo Moore. He's too small. I'm like, all right, cool. Two hundred one <laughs> sounds good. I'll take him. Like, like you should. He shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. I think you guys make a really good point, and this is a point that I've made on a couple of videos when I'm talking about buying low on players. There's almost always an injury discount. Whenever a player always. has had an injury, like the the one Tom and I always go back and forth on is remember when Keenan Allen was labeled injury prone after two unrelated injuries, you know, a, a lacerated kidney and a torn ACL in the first quarter of a, uh, of the season, and, and all of a sudden, nope, he's dropping down to your fifth round, and boom, next year he's wide receiver three. I think you can say the same thing for a lot of these um, players where either they have multiple injuries that are unrelated or they have one injury that, that in the senior year or, or even some of these opt-outs, right? So the next guy we're talking about, Terrace Marshall, you know, doesn't play a complete season, decides to you know, opt out, and people might just, just not have him as high as maybe he could be because, A, he's stuck behind, you know, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, you know, for a couple of years, and, and then, B, you know, he doesn't ever get to truly have this team as his own. So kind of good transition here on give me some thoughts on, on Terrace Marshall. The one thing that kind of stands out when you watch him play is he plays a lot faster than you think at his size. And, and for me, I love to see that with, with a guy with his frame because um, he, he is kind of the prototypical alpha size, right? You know, six, six, two, six, two and a half, six, three, you know, 210 plus pounds. I mean, man, he, he's he's what you want in an X receiver at the NFL level, right? He he has the athletic capabilities, he has the speed, he has the accelerative capabilities. You know, he can go down the field, um, and he's a good mover. I think he, his one thing I was shocked at too is how well he gets out of his breaks uh, at that size, and how he can sink his hips and, and really get out of them and accelerate. I was really impressed with him. I didn't think I'd be as impressed as I was. Um, but he ranks really, really high for me. I mean, and then it's, for me, it's like a guy I thought I'd like a lot and a guy I didn't like as much as I thought I would was Rashad Bateman. Um, I like him, but I think he's just a very safe, high floor possession type receiver at the NFL level. Whereas a guy like Marshall, 
I think he has a lower floor than Bateman, but I think the ceiling is a pro bowl, all pro caliber type receiver. Yeah. I, when I watched Terrence Marshall, I was just like, man, he's good. <laughs> like that was his tape to me. I was like, sure. yeah, no, he's, he's good. He doesn't do anything where I'm just like, wow. But he also doesn't do anything where I'm like, oh man, he's, he's gross. He's just very, he's, he's a good player. That's it. I, I don't know how else to put it. No, I like it. I like it's it. just blah. He's blah to me, but it's like blah in like That's a good way. Yeah, I, I thought I thought I would. I I went into watching his tape. I tried to have like an inherent bias, but I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how I'm gonna feel about him. Yeah, I was the but same way. I kept watching more, and I was watching some of the all twenty two stuff, and I'm like, he's actually pretty good. Then I kept watching yeah. more <laughs> and more. I'm like, he's really good. Like he's a lot better than I thought, and. It's just the way he wins. He, he's, you know, he wins his length, obviously, but he's he's a lot more physical than I thought he was. He played a lot faster than I thought he was from when I saw him on TV. And I don't know, man. He just has something about his game where I'm like, you know, he he if he goes into an offense and grows at X, I mean, he could be one of those guys that is in, you know, the top tier of X receivers in the NFL one day with his athletic capabilities combined with his length and physicality. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up uh, Rashad Bateman because I think that's one of the um, players that you have ranked differently than I'd say consensus, right? Sure, like yeah. Consensus, Bateman right now is going at the end of, of the first in Superflex. He's kind of talked about either in you know tier one or tier two of a lot of these players. And and Ray Garvin, who's a guy who's big in the industry, it, he's one of his guys, and I think that's driving a lot of the Bateman uh, hype. You on the other side, I, I wouldn't say you're you're not a hater of him, but you just say you, you don't see that same ceiling. Yeah. But the other players you have in this tier uh, tier four, um, you have more. You have um, Brown and Saint Brown. You know, let's let's talk about kind of those. I know I don't want to take too much time and go one by one, but just in the vacuum, what's keeping some of these guys from from being a, a tier up for you right now? That's a great question. I think all of them have, I guess, question marks or limitations to their game. I think. The only limitation from Bateman, and Bateman's really on that fringe. Like he is literally, I think it is point. I'll go back and look, but I think it's like point six or point seven points from being in the next the next tier. Okay. You know, so he's one of those guys that's on that fringe. So it's like, man, he, he's not in the bottom of this tier, which is important to know. Uh, I, I think he's just a very safe player. I like him. I, I'm. I'll take him in the early second round all day, but. I don't think he's as talented as some of the guys listed above and the ceiling, I don't think is as high. And that's really all it is. It's a ceiling versus floor thing. It's, you know, if you want to go for the higher floor, safer receiver, great. That's who he is. I think he's a super safe. He does everything really well. Um, He's a good separator Um, because of his physicality and because of, you know, how well he runs certain routes. Um, I think he's really good at in-breaking routes. That's one thing I like. He's going to be working the middle of the field a lot in the NFL. Um, but, man, I don't know. I, he's just one of those guys where I just don't see the like perennial all-pro type upside, if that makes sense. But that doesn't mean he's a bad player. It just means I just don't think he's going to be a, you know, like a C.D. Lamb type. I just think he's going to be very good. And he and very good, you know, can, can help you win fantasy leagues too, especially in the right situation. I mean, he's gonna be he's gonna be a good player for a long time, I think. 
Yeah, uh, I just said I didn't want to kind of go into these players each individually, but I got to go into Elijah Moore a little bit because I think that's a very popular name that's gaining a lot of steam. Um, His his projected actual draft, NFL draft um, stock, I think, continues to rise um, as it seems like we go through week after week. I see um, Mox pushing him up and up Mm -hmm. earlier in the draft. What what's what's your feelings on him? What's maybe keeping him right here in this tier, um, not quite up or, or even lower sure. in your other tiers? What's keeping him right here in tier four? Sure, I, I think a lot of it for him has to do with uh, positional versatility. I I don't think he's going to be a player that moves out to X or he's not going to be at Z very much. He's going to be in the slot primarily. I mean, probably ninety eight percent of his snaps will be in the slot at the NFL level, in my opinion. Uh, I like him. I think he's going to be a really good slot receiver at the NFL level. Um, but that limits his ceiling. You know, if you think about the best receivers in the NFL, what do they do? They all of them play multiple positions with, at, mm-hmm. at the, you know, at receiver. You know, look at a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins in the slot. He's out wide. He's at Z. Look at like Stephon Diggs. Same thing. You know, they're lining up. They're lining him up all over the field to create mismatches. Um, but I do think Elijah Moore is a very good player. Like this tier four is not like a bad tier. It's just like these guys are very good players. They're safe. And you want these guys, right? You want safe receivers. He's a very safe receiver who offers you some upside because he's a, he's a pretty damn good athlete too. Uh, I think that's something that you, when you watch him, you know, he really pops out of routes. And that's something you like to see from receivers, especially in the slot when, you know, you have guys like Cole Beasley who, you know, are what? He was what, wide receiver 19? Like was he really? I think he was. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. it was. He had he he was really. Was, I had him in what? A, I had him in a best ball league, and he wound up being in my lineup right. all the time. And I have like Julio and Tyreek. Well, Julio was out most of the year, but I, oh. I had a ton of players. And Beasley's in my lineup. That he was nineteen. These are like That's... sneaky players that yeah, just like Julian Edelman. Oh yeah, like and his, unless you. His, He's like a back-end wide receiver one, front-end wide receiver two. Mm -hmm. Set it and forget it. Is he like a super sexy downfield separator? No. Is he super safe high floor option? Yes, Mm -hmm. he is. 13 to 20-some points a week. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He's getting you, you know, 16 to 21 a week. Easy. Mm -hmm. That's what I think Elijah Moore can be. That's not a bad thing at all. Like, I'll take that any day of the week. And that's why the early second rounds of your rookie drafts this year – are going to be flooded with these guys. I mean, like more, uh, I think St. Brown's when you can get it a discount too, and we'll talk about him probably a little bit. But, I mean, I like him a lot. I like Elijah Moore a ton. It's just I don't think he, you know, like your, you know, your Edelman's, your Beasley's, your like slot, like slot pr- predominantly, like with those receivers, um, it's hard to be great at the position when you only play – one position under the positional umbrella, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. You just brought up uh, St. Brown. You're going to have to sell me because when I watched him, I don't know if I went in with a bias or what, but I just couldn't get into him like at all. I didn't like any – I was like, yeah, he's physical, but it was like, am I watching Laquan Treadwell tape? Man, yeah, I'm not a fan. Man, I don't like with with God with St. Brown. Um, a lot of it is he's a good slot receiver. He's gonna do everything well for you and fit into any NFL offense, in my opinion. That's who he is. I think he's gonna be a player that is gonna be pretty productive in the red zone. 
that's the one thing that kind of popped on tape for him is he's mm-hmm. very productive and very precise in the red zone and very reliable there for Slovis. That's who he kind of is. He's good after the catch. He's a physical receiver. He's a bl- good blocker. He's a do everything well, lunch pail type guy who's going to turn some pretty good fantasy seasons because he's going to see a good amount of targets and some good red zone looks. Do I think he's a spectacular athlete? Like a guy like, you know, Rondale Moore? No. He's not just even, he he's not just even, stiff and upright to me. I don't it's interesting. That's an interesting, you know, I guess categorization of him is there wasn't a big element of fluidity to his game, but the physicality kind of stands out with him is I, I, I like that part, but everything else I'm like, right. Yeah, I, yeah, but I think yeah. that's what limits his upside too. I don't think he's a three-level threat. I think he's good down the field, but I think he'll struggle separating um, at the NFL level. I don't think he has the top-end speed or accelerative qualities to do so against good corners. But I also think he's physical and, and, and can win in contested catch situations, and he's in the right place at the right time. And a lot, a lot of times, you know, we draft receivers, we often draft for upside, but especially where he's going in rookie drafts. Like sometimes if your team has, you know, if you have good receivers and you just want to add some with a pretty safe floor, he's a guy I'm looking to take. Let's let's flip the script here and, and jump a tier. We're gonna go all the way down to the your last listed tier here, tier seven, and you have Kadarius oh Tony and 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 tell the world uh why he is in tier seven all the way lonesome, just hanging out solo dolo. Okay. This is the goods and the bads on. Today. I want to ask you my question. Oh, oh man! <laughs> so obviously, obviously, we already know the answer because of the tier. But I basically wrote out: he's like really, he's stupid fast, but he has lobster hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So it's Dude. funny because I mean, being in like the sport and human performance space. Sorry, my dog drinking water. My bad. Good. Um, we all we I I have a dog. I have two dogs. They're, both idiots. Um, They're sleeping now. Man, I mean, he is one of those guys that you watch him move, and you're like, holy cow! Like just the dynamism, like just like he like he does some things. Like he has a really broad movement toolbox. He's a great great mover. Has a ton of stuff with the line of scrimmage he can do. But that's it. Like that's mm-hmm. that that's it. Like that's really who he is. Is he can separate instantly. And he doesn't have good speed either. Like he's a good enough accelerator, but he's extremely quick, like lightning quick. There's guys who are mocking him in the first round of the NFL draft. A lot. A lot. I don't like. Over Rondale. But yeah, which is nuts. But this this is what this is. The threat of the player is more important than the player's threat. Whoa. Tariq Cohen. We just got got deep there. (laughs) Uh, Hold on. I'm still trying to work it out. (laughs) Tariq Cohen. That's it. You know, that's. So he's going to, he's going to go and and ruin a running back's value until, until he gets hurt. And then Montgomery's going to be. Don't, don't, don't tell me. I I know, I know Tariq Cohen's getting an egregious amount of touches next year with Dave Montgomery. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, as a Bears fan, that's the toughest thing to watch is. Three Cohen getting a gap work should never happen, and then yeah. Cordell Patterson coming out. Cordell Patterson, third and one. Cordell Patterson, C Pat at third and one is probably uh. one of the more frustrating things 
I I'm not a big, I'm a pretty, you know, laid back. I, I yell at the TV. My wife thinks I'm nuts when Cordero Patterson's in the game at third and one. How like, can you not? What do we do? I think it's stuffed. And it's like, oh, okay, Matt Nagy, why does why did that happen? Why? I, I have a I have a coworker who basically said, Oh, what are you talking? He's like the same size as Derrick Henry. He's great on there. I'm like, oh my god, you should no, no, but do no, you no. work on the Bears staff? No, sir. Because you're the only other person who thinks that. No, sir. No, but um, I guess going back to Tony, it's I just don't know what he does well at the NFL level besides being a threat. And sometimes that's enough. I mean, that's really it. Like Tariq Cohen is not a great football player, in my opinion. Not a great running back. But the threat of Tariq Cohen is he's pretty threatening. Mm-hmm. Like, like him, you have to know where he's in the field because you think he's this electric, fast, quick, you know, that's what you think. And the threat right. of that is more important than his actual physical threat as being a player. Same thing with Tony. It's no different. It's I like Tony because he's a really interesting, dynamic, creative mover, but I don't see him being any more than a, you know, like I said, a singular trait-based option with a pretty low, low career floor. Uh, it's just he's going to be a guy who's going to be a gadget piece in an offense, and he's going to offer you some some fun, you know, f- five touch, two touchdown games. But in my opinion, I don't I don't see him being anything but that. Um, so I, the only place I you would own him would be in like a best ball league or something. Yeah, yes, yeah. so, some place where I can be pretty, you know, like pretty risky. I'm pretty risk averse when it comes to. Um, his type of player, I don't like to take risk on them. Um, like, Especially the cost that you're going to have to pay for. And that's thing is, if he gets first round capital, Ty, right? It's going to be like people are going to take him in the early second, back round end, yeah. and back end first. Like, like you're talking about, he's going to be taking over guys like Talon Wallace and like, mm-hmm. like Elijah Moore. Like, no, I, I don't. I just don't <laughs> see. Like I no, and see. like why. Like, I, yeah, I just don't I just don't see that. I think he is a very dynamic, interesting player who has a very unique skill set to offer the NFL. But I don't know really what he'll be. And I guess it's the unknown that's a little scary with him too. Okay, so we've hit on a, a ton of guys, and, and what's wild to me is there's so many more names that I would love to still talk about for an hour, but we did skip a tier. And, and there's a bunch of other guys that we haven't talked about. Of the guys that we haven't said, you can pick one from your last remaining tier or or one of these other guys that we haven't talked about. Who's a guy that, that you're like, okay, this is a third or fourth round rookie pick that is, is going to be a great value pick for a lot of guys. You know, maybe it's scheme dependent or, or maybe it's just you just like the overall player. Who's that guy for you? I think I have two. Uh, Amari Rogers is one of them, uh, Clemson. Uh, he's a really good player. Like, I actually would rather have – um, him over St. Brown. Okay. St. Brown graded higher. Uh, I think analytically St. Brown had a better profile too, which helped them bump up, which is, which is fine. And that's what the grading system's for. It's, you know, take bias out of the equation sometimes too. Um, but I like Rogers a ton. I think he's going to be a value. He's going to be a slot receiver at the NFL level. Um, I mentioned Golden Tate's name and that's kind of who he is too. Is He's going to be that guy who wins the line of scrimmage and wins, you know, on the first level of, an, of a defense. And that's going to be, that's going to be him. And the second guy is uh, Tamarion Terry. It's, you want to shoot for the moon mm-hmm. at where you're drafting Tamarion Terry. 
And you might hit the moon if he gets into an offense like Kansas City. I mean, we have to look at the size, the speed, and the speed. Like, that's what we're looking at. He ran 23.4 miles an hour on the field of play. That's faster than Tyreek Hill has ever eclipsed in game. Is he as fast as Tyreek Hill? No. Tyreek Hill is the fastest NFL player of all time. He could have been Olympian if he wanted to. Okay. But Tamari on Terry is special fast. Like, doesn't happen ever fast. But everything else is, I mean, drops. The drops. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. But the thing is, the athletic capabilities are there. The physicality, the after the catch stuff. And the thing that's going to save Tamari on Terry is he's a damn good gunner. He is a really good gunner. And he can play special teams. So that's going to, he's a really good mover too. But I mean, for me, I mean, he plays gunner and he, he's a really, really good gunner. Um, he can learn a more diverse route tree because he is a good mover. I mean, he gets out of his, he can get out of his breaks quick. Um, but he wasn't really deployed at, I guess, the um, like three level versatile threat at Florida State, which was a dumpster fire. Um, oh, I, terrible program. I, mean, oh I was I was just going to talk because I've been a Florida State fan forever, and oh, I was like, sorry. fire Willie Taggart after like game two. <laughs> I was like, get rid of him. You're not throwing the ball. The first game, he they did not throw the ball over 20 yards, I believe. Man, dude, it was bad. And that's the thing I think it's like. And they had Terry. And you're like, what are you doing? And he succeeded it. Like, yeah. Even though he had that, you know, ecosystem that was awful. But I mean, he's, I think he's, I'm, I'm pretty high on him. I graded him pretty high film wise. I think if he hits, he's going to hit. Like, it's going to be a slam dunk. And at that, you know, that school, that overall situation, you have to wonder, like with the drops, how much of it was a concentration thing because of everything he had going around him right. and just, you know, he, you know, what coaching did he even get there? What coaching does, did a lot of those kids get in the last three years? Brutal, but I, I like him as a prospect. He has some injury concerns. He has some character concerns, but man, I mean, if you're getting a guy like that in the mid to back end of the third round of your rookie drafts, like. Like it's like in like it's like there's guys like in Antonio Gibson. It's like like yep. mm-hmm. you yep. know all the reason in the world to think this guy's gonna be an awful pro. But they had the traits. traits are there. The traits yeah, are that's there. what traits are there. Size yeah, is there. Just needs you're your drafting fire. traits at that point. Yeah, that's what you're doing. You're drafting trait based prospects, and if the traits are there, then. He could hit. If he doesn't, then you just wasted a third round rookie pick on him. Like not not a you know not a giant investment. I kind of do like how you brought up special teams a couple times in our conversation tonight because I think a lot of dynasty players will hear that and they'll say, "Well, I don't care if he can play special teams. That doesn't help my fantasy team in, in most leagues, right?" But I think when you talk about some of these maybe day three guys or later draft picks, how do they see the field and how do they prove that they can remain on a team? I think it's it's showing up on those special teams, and then they work into some of those roles. I mean, you saw that with Julian Edelman. I remember when Julian Edelman got drafted to the Patriots, he was a seventh-round nobody. He balls out as a punt returner, and then eventually he becomes a brand name in in fantasy football. So I like how you bring him up with with Terry here because, sure, maybe Terry isn't the guy that's going to be drafted, you know, day one, day two. He's going to be a day three guy maybe. And how does he he see the field? How does he eventually get to that that? burst you know that that boom player that that you say he can be and when we think he can be with that speed i think that's uh that's how they do that so i really like hey bring that up 
Tom, do you want to wrap us up with a lightning round to finish this out? We do. I, I always like doing this with, with guys and, you know, you have all your categories and stuff. So I, I picked a couple different ones out. Uh, like all right. Best hands in the class. Devonta Smith. It's going to be a lot of Devonta. I already know. Route runner. Devonta Smith. Body <laughs> control. Uh, hold on, hold on. On. You can only use a player once. So go back. That's good. Hands, Damn, hands okay. or route runner. Which one do you want Devonta for? Um, me route runner, actually. Okay, who 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 gets the hands then? Oh, God bless. Um, honestly, this is a sneaky one. I like Seth Williams' hands. But okay, so do I. I'll, I'm gonna say Seth Williams. He has, he has what they call arrogant hands. I don't think he's the best. I wouldn't say he's the best in the class. I think there's a lot of guys who have really good hands, but of those, oh, actually, you know what? No, Rashad Bateman, hundred percent. Yeah, okay. for hands. I don't like gloss over Rashad. That's kind of a shining okay. trait. One yeah. of them. Yeah, I actually like Bateman's body control, but uh, yeah, I agree with that too. Body control. Uh, Talon Wallace. Okay, yeah, I like that one. Contested catch. Jamar Chase. Red zone threat. Ah, oh, you're gonna, gonna say use... it. <sighs> Kyle Pitts. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, he went there. <laughs> he did it. Anyway, it's fags though. It's fags. Uh, Not wrong. I'll, you know what? I'll I'll allow it. I guess. Um, okay. It's speed. Uh, Jalen Waddle. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's a no-brainer. Kind of, uh, with a not not Waddle, let's not go Waddle, not go Waddle. Uh, yeah. Oh, and Terry. I mean, I was gonna say for sure. Um, yeah, um, I like man. it. Rondale's got some wheels on him too, but it's a he different does. kind of wheels. Yeah, he's he's a, man. He's just so qu- he's quicker than fast. That's a fun he's a, phrase he's, that's been used a ton. But he's that's I mean he's also still like he's. Probably a mid to low four three guy. Like he's not. Yeah. He's very fast, but I think he's. It's his short area quickness, and that that is him. Like he is phenomenal in that arena, and I mean he makes guys look stupid. So yeah, um, I like I like Rondell Moore a ton, man. He's fun. He's I, fun. You watch Rondell Moore, and you hear everything about you know the injuries and stuff, and you're like, I can't, I can't drop him. I can't. I, I okay. I like him more mm-hmm. than Bateman. I can't do it. He's a joystick man. Yeah, man. That's what he is. It's awesome to watch. Tom, anything else before we wrap this up? No, Angelo, thanks a lot for coming on. I know we had, uh, you know, some some difficulty getting you on because Robbie was a drunkard and whatnot. (laughs) uh, But no, we had fun time on here, and uh, let's let's do it again soon. Yeah, for sure. Thank you guys a a ton for having me on. I appreciate it, man. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, before you leave, uh, do do a little plug here because I saw that you had – you know, the, the free why Javante Williams, yeah. you know, by the time this gets posted, that's probably gone, but do a little plug on, on what you got going on there at angeloanalysis.com. Yeah, for sure. So r- right now we're wrapping up, um, putting up, putting together the, the AGS for uh, wide receivers, uh, for both uh, past wide receivers of past classes, obviously. And, um, the 2021 guys, like we talked about on the show. So that that's coming, uh, the 27th, uh, that, that's set to drop and release. Uh, and then the Y series, that's going to be, you know, jumping the wide receivers as well. So we're going to see Devonta Smith, Jamar Chase and company, and those guys will be dropping on a week-to-week basis. Uh, so I'm pretty excited for that. And you can find all that stuff on Angel Analysis. And I'm, I'm you know, pretty consistent on updating 
um, I guess the Twitter sphere on on that type of stuff as well. So whenever that stuff drops, you know, it, it's all on Twitter. Um, and you can find that stuff, um, the content wise on angelanalysis.com. Bro, and you're you're late to the Twitter game too, I saw. And you're I kinda just have blowing it, yeah. up. You're you're late and you're still just blowing up. I, I remember listening to FF Dynasty and they'll say, you only got like a handful of tweets and you, you're almost at the 10K mark. So you're you're moving mountains there. Thanks, we love man. the content. You'll find him at Angelo underscore fantasy on Twitter. So yeah, once again, man, thanks so much uh, for joining us. We really loved uh, chatting this up. You have a ton of information on these wide receivers, and there'll be a ton more um, on angeloanalysis.com. So ladies and gents, until next time, we'll see you. From shore and down under a right well bore The captain called all hands and swore He'd take, take that whale and Soon may the man come to bring us sugar and tea when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.